Jesus and your will be done. Will you lift your voice? Will you clap your hands? Will you worship him for what he is doing? Amen. Will you magnify his name with me? Amen. Amen. Turn with me, if you will, to 2 Timothy chapter 3. I tell you, there's just a... Sometimes as a, as a minister, you can get discouraged by silence or you can feel, amen, uh, an, an, an undercurrent, praise God, of what God is trying to do. Amen. I don't plan on screaming and shouting today or, or climbing up, Brother Justin, on this pulpit and nose diving off. I don't plan on doing any of that. Amen. But I do plan on preaching the word of God, and I know that the Lord has something today. Amen. Just with the needs that are in this house, God is wanting to move. Amen. God is wanting to touch. Can I get a Sunday morning amen? 2 Timothy chapter 3, <clears throat> beginning with verse 8. Now, Janus and Jambres resisted Moses. So do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds disapprove concerning the faith, but they will progress no further, for their folly will be manifest to all, and theirs also was. But you have carefully followed my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, Faith, long-suffering, love, perseverance, persecutions, afflictions, which happened to me at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra. What persecutions I endured, and out of them all the Lord delivered me. Yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. But evil men and imposters will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them. And that from childhood you have known the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. That the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. I want to talk to you today. If your ruler is off, so are your measurements. If your ruler is off, so are your measurements. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we love you today, God. We're so thankful for your word and your presence and your spirit. We pray, God, that your will would be done today in this service, that those that don't know you would be introduced to you today, and those, God, that have known you a long time would be, hallelujah, re rejuvenated today in their faith, and that we would be closer to you today, God, when we leave this place than when we came. And everybody said, in the name of Jesus. God bless you. You can be seated. Amen. Paul, praise the Lord, was mentioning a couple of folks, and let me give you just a little bit of background on them. You won't read about them, amen, when you read about the story of Moses. You won't hear their names in the Old Testament, but certainly Paul reveals what their names are, amen, and they are the sorcerers that the, and the magicians that the Pharaoh called whenever Moses and Aaron were standing before him, and Moses was declaring to him that you will let God's people go. Amen. And God had sent them there to declare that. Well, you know the first instance, and there were many, and we won't cover them. It's not today's purpose. But you know the first example right there is when Aaron threw his staff on the ground, and it became a serpent. And the, whenever the Pharaoh called the magicians and he brought them in there, we know them now because of Paul that that was Janus and Jambres. Amen. And that whenever they were called in there, they also threw down their staffs and they, amen, became serpents through some kind of 
cunning or trick or something that they had devised, amen, and were able to do that. Well, Paul mentions them, and he says that these were the men that resisted Moses, praise God, and they were the ones that brought also did and also did resist the truth. He called them men of corrupt minds, amen, and he considered them disapproved, praise God. They were resisting the word of God. They were rejecting the truth. They were a man bringing a resistance to the will of God and what God was trying to accomplish, amen, in, in the lives of God's people. I don't know what all that they did that was wrong, and I don't know where all they were disapproved of by God, amen. Obviously, their lives didn't line up just about anywhere, I would imagine, and we're given just a few examples of what they did and what they did not do. But I do know this, that there has been a standard that is set, that God has put forth a rule, if you will, and I use the word ruler in my title, but it's a a measuring stick, if you will. There is a, a standard that has been set that God has put before every one of us, no matter what dispensation or generation that you are talking about, amen, there has been a measuring stick that has been there. In fact, He talked about the disapproval of Janus and Jambres, but in just one chapter before our text, amen, in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15, we read, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. But shun profane and vain babblings, for they will increase unto more ungodliness, and their word will eat as doth a canker, and of whom is... Hymenius and Philetus, who concerning the truth have erred, saying that the resurrection is past already and overthrow the faith of some. I don't know uh, exactly what all they did, but the fact that they had gone against God's word, the fact that they were resisting his purpose and his will gave them that disapproval mark, if you will, amen. But if you want to be approved, If you want God's approval, if you want him to smile on your life, praise God, it will be by your adherence to his word and to the measuring stick that he has given us, amen, for all things in this life and the life to come. Can I get an amen? He said, study to show yourself approved, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth, amen. Nevertheless, he says, the foundation of God standeth sure, amen. I love that. Having this seal, remember when Pastor talked to us about the seal, amen, and he made us all hungry, talking about the jam and the jelly and all that that he was making, amen. But he talked about that seal, and he said, the Lord knoweth them that are his, and let every one that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. Look at that highlighted, I've highlighted that part in verse 19 right there, that the foundation of God standeth sure. He has put that measuring stick there. He has put that standard there, amen, that every one of us, if we want to know the will of God, if we want to know the purpose of God, and I'm not talking about in your calling or what you will do, amen, in his kingdom, but I'm talking about in your life for him. If you want to know how to live for God, you want to know how to please God you want to know how to gain his approval amen he has lined it out and spelled it out in his word can I get an amen 
Paul was letting us know in back-to-back chapters that if you want God's approval, amen, it's going to be by his scripture and by adhering to it as the best that you can, amen. His disapproval comes when we throw his word aside, amen, and we try to find our own way. His disapproval comes when we decide that traditions are going to be more important than scripture, praise God. He, we get his disapproval when we decide that commentaries are are more of the authority, amen, than the word of God is, amen, that they are commenting on. When we follow a man, a man's way, a man's traditions, a man's policies or philosophies, though they may sound intelligent and though they may make some sense, praise God, or maybe they make us feel good, amen, I'm here to tell you if you want God's disapproval, just toss his word aside and try to find your own way, amen. We are living in a society right now, in a culture, and I, won't, I don't want to get too deep into this either, amen, because there are months and months and volumes and volumes that could be preached on what society is doing now and what our culture, amen, is, is becoming. But there, there, there is this sense in our society and culture right now that, amen, it's okay to ignore even common sense. Can I get an Amen. That there is this uh, uh, philosophy, that there is a just follow your heart, just whatever feels good, whatever feels right, whatever, uh, amen, is in your heart, whether it makes sense or whether uh, it lines up with anything, just do it. We have transcended even. Remember when we used to preach about if it feels good, do it? We used to, we used to preach about that. Can I get one or two? Okay, one or two. <laughs> that, that remember when we used to preach about if it feels good, do it. Just, you know, whatever, whatever floats your boat, we used to say, or whatever flips your lid, maybe. I don't know what, what cliches you use, but that was the going philosophy or mentality, if you will. And we've gone beyond that. Now it's just follow your heart. Just whatever your heart tells you to do, just do it. Whatever your heart tells you feels right, do it. And, and, we, and we've gone, amen, beyond, uh, 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 and we've gotten into a mentality that has gone and, and, and it's to a diabolic, diabolical level where human reasoning has become the authority. Amen? It has trumped science, biology, decency, certainly morality, reality, common sense, and the most tragic of all, the word of God. Can I get an amen? It's that follow your heart mentality. That if, if you just feel like something is, it, reality doesn't even matter anymore. Biology doesn't matter anymore. And certainly they have dismissed the word of God. Just follow your heart. Jeremiah tells us in chapter uh, 17, verse 9, he said, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Here's the answer. I'll tell you who can know it. I, the Lord, search the heart. I test the mind. I give to every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. The heart is deceitful above all things. Let me tell you today, as well as you were raised, as high of morals as you may have, as good of a person as you might be, and those around you pat you on the back on a regular basis, your heart will deceive you. Your heart will, will be wicked. At one point, there is never a time where our flesh, a man, should be the measuring stick. There is never a time where our thoughts, or maybe a common sense, or maybe even human reasoning should 
be the standard that trumps the word of God. Hallelujah. Our hearts will deceive us. Our hearts will only prove to be wicked. The greatest among us, amen, Brother Miller, will have those times where they will be deceived by their heart. Our hearts have got to be checked by the word of God. Our heart and our minds and our intelligence and our educations and our philosophies and our upbringing all need to be checked by the scripture, by the word of God, by his holiness, by his righteousness, by his standard, by his measuring stick. Amen. And no matter how good it feels, and no matter how right it feels, and no matter how justified you feel, and no matter how, uh, 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 if, if you think the word love will trump, no matter what is in your heart, uh, hallelujah, the word of God is the authority. The word of God is the measuring stick. The word of God is what we have to turn to. The standard has been set. The foundation has been laid. If ever we're going to turn back, it's to turn back back hallelujah to the truth can I get an amen praise God we are apostolic I know it's Sunday morning just help me out I'll sweat whether you get with me or not we are apostolic there is a difference now, I'm not, I'm not going to get to you that one is better than the other. I'm not going to get in, involved in any of that. But there is a difference. We, I, I taught uh, Bible studies for a month straight in July talking about there is a difference. There's a difference, amen, between being lost and saved. There's a difference between being in the dark and being in the light. Hallelujah. There is a difference. And that difference maker is the word of God. It's his scripture. Amen. We, hallelujah, if, if I can get you to, to come with me, praise God. There are many that have tried to do things. There were nearly 300 years after, and, and brother, our superintendent, Brother David Bernard, mentioned this on Tuesday night at family camp. And he said there were nearly 300 years, amen, that took took place after Christ died, amen, and we got that first message of repenting and being baptized and being filled with his spirit, amen, and there were nearly 300 years that took place that uh, man did their best, and they, they did a pretty good job of messing things up, amen, by creating different traditions, amen, and different things that would just kind of muddy the water, if you will. They kind of got off track, and then we got involved in that in, in that period that we know of that's called the Reformation period. And, you know, actually some good things came of that. And that was a good time, uh, amen, for the church. And that was some good things were done there. But just not enough, hallelujah. There, there had to be, praise God, a moment, and we know it as the apostolic, the Pentecostal faith movement, amen. There had to be a moment where somebody would say and crack the scriptures open for themselves and get outside of tradition and get outside of Reformation and get outside outside of what man was trying to teach and what man was trying to do because we know the heart, even if its intentions are good, even if its intentions are well for the kingdom, even if it is done in the name of the love of the church and the love of Jesus, amen, because there are plenty of folks that love God out there, hallelujah, that are bound by tradition and by religion, amen. There are plenty of folks, and they're great people, and they love God, and there is no doubt and no question. I would even say the Bible gives us an example of that. 
that type of person. Whenever it gives us the example of Cornelius, amen. And he was a good man. The Bible tells us that he paid his tithes. He gave alms. He loved God. He prayed every day. He was faithful to the church. That was a pretty good dude. In fact, his actions and his service to the Lord may even eclipse some of ours, amen, that claim that we have the truth, praise God. But there was something that was lacking in Cornelius' life, praise God. And because he loved God so much and because, amen, he was so dedicated to the Lord, he didn't balk at the fact that somebody said, the word of the Lord has said that you're missing something, amen. He didn't balk at that. He didn't scoff at it. He loved the Lord. And there have been others throughout the years and the generations, praise God, of the apostolic movement that have taken time and said we've got to take a time out and we got to go back to the scripture and we got to find out what we're missing and what we ought to be doing and the only way to do that brother Norman is you got to go to the word of God you have to go to the scripture you can't uh, 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 you're not going to find your way you're not going to come out of darkness into his marvelous light by commentaries or philosophies or even good teaching amen or even intelligence or education it's by the word of God amen and there were those that went back and they spent years and, 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 they, and they spent years going to church some of them two or three times a day for a couple of years praying and fasting and, and you know you know all about the uh, and maybe you don't if you don't I'm not going to cover it today but you know all about the Azusa Street Mission amen where they finally had that outpouring that praying through amen to the Holy Ghost and they did that amen through the scripture they did that under the authority of the word of God they decided at a time in their life that they were going to lay aside tradition. They were going to lay aside religion. They were going to lay aside their philosophies. They were going to lay aside their mindsets. And they did that. And they began to search just the scripture. They didn't allow anybody to interrupt that. And when they did that, they found that the way God wanted was spelled out for them in the book of Acts. Can I get an amen? We do not believe, praise God, that the book of Acts is an unrepeatable history. I get an amen. We know that the book of Acts is a history book. And we know that Luke wrote that book for that purpose, to record the Acts of the Apostles. That's what it means, the book of Acts, the Acts of the Apostles. We know that he wrote that book to spell out the history. We know that he was recording, amen, the things that took place. It was a, almost an extension, if you will, of his book that he wrote, the book of Luke, the gospel of Luke, amen. And let me show you, let me show you, I, I want to slow down a little bit. I want to show you what I mean by that. Luke chapter 1, beginning with verse 1. If you have it, turn with me. If they can get it up, that's fine. But watch what Luke starts his gospel with. He says, For as much as many have taken in hand to set forth in order a declaration of those things which are most surely believed among us, even as they delivered them unto us, which from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word, it seemed God, it seemed good to me also, having had perfect understanding of all things from the very first, to write unto thee in order, most excellent Theophilus. He's writing to Theophilus. He's explaining to Theophilus that there are some things that are believed among us. And I need to make sure that you understand those declarations. I need to make sure that, that you're on the same page with us, Theophilus. 
And in verse 4 he says, That thou mightest know the certainty of those things wherein thou hast been instructed. He's saying, we've taught you some things. As disciples, you have seen us do some things. You have seen us teach some things. You have witnessed uh, uh, miraculous things. You've witnessed Jesus Christ moving in, in our midst and doing things. And all of these things are a declaration of some things that are believed among us. So what I want to do, Theophilus, is I want to make sure that you're certain, that you that there is certainty in your heart of the things that we have declared to you, amen, and the things that we have instructed you to do. And there are, there are theologians and folks that know better than I do, and they point to the book of Acts as if, as if because as you know, Luke wrote also the book of Acts, and they point to the book, to the book of Acts to where it was almost a volume two of the gospel of Luke, that he wasn't just trying to teach a history lesson, amen, but he was trying to explain and declare to us also theology that was behind the events that he was recording. And how do we know that? Watch, in Acts chapter, in Acts chapter 1, beginning with verse 1, he says, The former treaties have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began to both do and to teach, amen, until the day which he was taken up after he through the Holy Ghost had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God, amen. The, he was teaching to Theophilus and he was trying to instruct him of the things that you that are believed among us. And he was trying to say, I want you to be certain about the things that we have instructed you on. That's why he wrote to him again, and that's why he gave his attention again when he opened up in his prologue in the book of Acts, amen. He mentioned him again to get his attention, but not just Theophilus' attention, amen. The book of, of, of Acts and in the entire Bible, hallelujah, and Scripture, as we read in our opening text, that all Scripture, Scripture is given, amen, by inspiration of God, hallelujah. The book of Acts is not just a history book, hallelujah. It's a pattern. It's a standard. It's a measuring stick. It's something that has been set for not just for Theophilus, amen. Yeah, he was trying to, to get his attention. He was trying to instruct him. But he was going to instruct and have the intention, amen, of every church, of every generation, of every Christian, hallelujah, that would be passed down. In fact, in salvation, it's mentioned that that salvation would be to you and to your children and your children's children and as many as the far off, as many as God should call. Amen. It's for every one of us. When Luke was writing Acts, yes, he, he recorded events, but he was trying in multiple examples because he repeats his examples, amen, throughout the book of Acts. He was trying to teach us theology, amen, through the, and, and behind those events hallelujah he was trying to get our attention amen and teach us the way that we should go he was trying to teach us those things which are most surely believed among us and that we might know the certainty of those things wherein thou hast been instructed can I get an amen he recorded it in a way that we know it is a history book in that he mentions those that are governing he mentions rulers Luke also gives dates and he uses geography to the point that we can reach outside of Scripture and we can go to the history books, amen, and we can confirm that the things that Luke is writing about and describing, amen, 
truly happened, amen. If the Bible doesn't do it for you as far as a history book and you need to confirm it, amen, you have, because of the way that Luke wrote the book of Acts, you have the ability to cross-reference him, amen, in, in, the, in the history, praise God. But because that wasn't all that he was trying to do, amen, he was trying, amen, to set a standard for you and I. He was trying to lay out a pattern, amen. I work in, in a little bit in the construction industry, remodeling, amen, as many, many of you men and women do as well, praise God. And I use a measuring tape. Amen. And, and it, I need my measuring tape. If it's going to be 12 inches, then I need, Brother Miller, for it to be 12 inches on your measuring tape. Can I get an amen? There's a standard of measurement that has been set. Amen. If something you, says, says use one teaspoon or if it says use half a cup or if it says pour in a gallon. Amen. We need those standards of measurement. We need those patterns that have been set so that we are consistent, so that we are lined up, so that the recipes come out right, so that the building gets built properly. Amen. We need those kinds of things. That's why I'm trying to tell you about the book of Acts in your Christian life. Amen. And as a, as a church and as an individual, because if your ruler is off, your measurements are off. Hallelujah. If the thing that you have been using as a standard is wrapped up in tradition, if and we have traditions here in the apostolic church, I'm not saying that, but we don't allow our traditions, amen, and our religion to get in the way of the scripture, praise God. We don't allow it to trump, praise the Lord, what God is teaching us to do, amen. We don't allow it to get in the way of those kinds of things. A standard has been set. A pattern has been laid out, amen, by Luke in the book of Acts. And he gives us examples, amen, with all of the differences, praise the Lord, with all the differences of all the churches out there, almost nearly every church will tell you that the book of Acts is the birth of the church. How many knew that? They'll tell you that on the day of Pentecost, that was the birth of the first church. The Catholics will tell you that. The Baptists will tell you that. The Presbyterians will tell you that. Nearly, uh, nearly every faith and denomination out there will tell you that the book of Acts is the birth of the church and the history of the church. Nowhere, anywhere, at the end of Acts, in the epistles, in the gospels anywhere, in the book of Revelation, does it say the church stopped being the church of Acts. Can I get an amen? Never did it say the standard will eventually change. Never did it say the measuring stick will eventually be something else. When Luke wrote Acts, he was writing it, amen, so that we could compare our lives to their walk, and our walk should measure up to their walk. Can I get an amen? There are examples of salvation in the book of Acts. If you want to know how to be saved, Luke told us how to be saved, both historically, amen, and even in a modern version of it here today. In Acts, and, and, and here's what he did. He, whenever, whenever Luke mentioned, there are some things that Luke mentioned, like, for example, in Acts chapter 1, whenever they were trying to vote somebody into office, the Bible tells us that they cast lots. That was the only time that you'll ever read that they did that, to vote somebody into office. So that was historical. That was something he was saying, that's the way we did it then. But there are multiple examples throughout Scripture, not just in Acts, but throughout the epistles and on and on, where there were other means that they used to vote people into office or put them in positions where they needed to be. So that's just history. But there are things that he mentioned multiple times. There are things that were repeated that he would point out, this is how it was done. And then when they did it like this, we still did it this way. And then whenever we came to the Gentiles, we still did it this way. And whether we were dealing with 
with, with educated folks, we still did it this way. And that's because he was trying to teach us that this is how the church did these things. And that's why that he, he was not only recording, because if Luke recorded just what the apostles did, if he recorded, if his purpose was only history, Sister Stacy, he, ha- he would have written volumes and volumes and volumes of history books just to cover what just the apostles did then. But his purpose was to set a standard for us so that we would know. In every example, amen, and there are multiple. Let's talk about salvation. Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 8, Acts chapter 10, Acts chapter 19. These are all examples of when God poured out his salvation. I mentioned Cornelius earlier. That's Acts chapter 10. Cornelius, amen, we, we already talked about it, was a great dude, but he was missing something. He was missing the experience of the gift of the Holy Ghost. And so God talked to him, amen, and told him that there's going to be a man that's going to come, and he's going to teach you some things, and he's going to tell you what you need to do. And then God went out of his way to get Peter's attention, amen, to bring him to a religious, good, faithful, dedicated, sacrificing man. Hallelujah. Why? Because he was missing something. There was a standard that had been set. There was a pattern that needed to be followed. Amen. So when Peter got there, Peter told him, well, what you need to do is you need to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, and you need to be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And the Bible tells us that while Peter was telling Cornelius what he was missing to be saved, that while he was preaching, the Holy Ghost fell on each of them. And the Bible tells tells us that after they received the Holy Ghost, they spoke in other tongues, hallelujah. And then after they received the gift of the Holy Ghost, do you know what happened? He took them and he baptized them in the name of Jesus Christ. You will never find in Acts the history of the church where they did it any other way. You will never find in the epistles, amen, where they did it any other way. In fact, the, the epistles are, are, the, are the writers writing to churches that have already followed the pattern and the measuring stick that was given to them by the book of Acts, hallelujah, and the experience there. They were following that pattern and that measuring stick. So everywhere when you hear them say, believe, hallelujah, in the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved, It's because believing meant measuring up, praise God, to the standard that has been set. It meant measuring up, amen, to the measuring stick that had been set there. If you believe, then do what you're told. Cornelius, if you believe, do what God is telling you to do. And Cornelius was filled with the Holy Ghost, and he was baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. There is more there than just salvation. Hallelujah. Amen. There are examples of deliverance in the book of Acts that Luke lays out. He gives us, amen, instances where there were earthquakes, praise God, that shook jail cells, that threw open gates, amen, where apostles could walk out free men, praise the Lord, set free and liberated by the power of God, hallelujah. There were chains and fetters that were loose. The apostle Peter was chained between guards and locked up in a prison, hallelujah, but there was an angel that visited him in the middle of the night that under did his locks, amen, his chains and his fetters fell to his feet he stood up and the the guard stayed asleep and the angel threw open the cell and then threw open the gate, hallelujah, and Peter walked out, that's an apostolic example of God's deliverance, hallelujah that can still happen today, I'm here to tell you today that no matter what prison you are in if it's a physical prison, if it's a mental prison, if it's an emotional prison, hallelujah, I'm here to tell you the church, we just did it a little bit earlier 
earlier here. The church can take a moment and an hour, hallelujah, of prayer, and we can call on the name of the Lord. I'm talking about apostolic church right now. I'm talking about an apostolic move of God. I'm talking about when people are bound and fettered and chained, amen. God, hallelujah, has given us a standard of measure that we can pray, that we can call on his name, that we can feel his liberty and his freedom, hallelujah, to walk out of our situation. Twice there were those that were raised from the dead in the book of Acts. So there were multiple examples telling us that it that is a pattern and a standard expected by the church, amen. There were those that had unclean spirits that were loosed, hallelujah, when the apostles came up on somebody and they were possessed by a demon or they just had unclean spirits and foul spirits and they had wickedness in their life, amen. There was a power that was given to the church, hallelujah, that whenever those people came and they were hungry and thirsty and bound and they wanted to be loosed and freed, hallelujah, the church had been given a pattern. The church had been given a measuring stick. The church, hallelujah, had been given a standard by which those people could be set free. It's by calling on the name of the Lord, hallelujah. It's by calling on the name of Jesus Christ. And in fact, there were instances where the apostles laid on hands and we as an apostolic church, hallelujah, believe on calling on the name of the Lord. We believe in anointing with oil. We believe in calling, hallelujah, on his name and laying hands on the sick and they will recover. We believe in the apostolic standard that was set not just in the history books, but in the theology and the doctrine, hallelujah, of the word of God, that if you are bound, you can be set free. If you are in darkness, you can come into the light. If you are, hallelujah, sick, you can be healed. If you need deliverance, it's here for you today. If your mind is afflicted, there is comfort and peace, hallelujah, and righteousness in the Holy Ghost. I'm talking about a standard that's been set. I'm talking about a ruler that has been laid out. And I'm here to tell you today, if you're measuring your life by anything else, then the word of God, not only is your ruler wrong, but your measurements are wrong. Not only are you out of order and out of standard and out of the measuring stick, but your life is out of whack with God. Your life is out of order with God. Your life is not right with God. Hallelujah. Blind eyes were opened and lame walked and folks were bitten by snakes and they lived, hallelujah. And there were miracles, signs, and wonders, hallelujah, that followed the church and God ministered. God ministered. Hallelujah. I think we ought to pray for just a minute. I think God's trying to do something apostolic in somebody's heart and life right now. I believe God is doing more than just talking to somebody that needs apostolic salvation. I believe he's speaking to his church. I believe he is talking to us and moving on us that we get our lives, hallelujah, to measure up to his word. Would you begin to pray? Would you begin to worship him? Would you begin to seek him right now? Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Touch our hearts, touch our minds today, God. Bring us out, deliver us, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Jesus. These things happen. The calling on the only name that we can. The laying on hands and the lost act of calling church-wide prayer meetings people putting into action their faith in the almighty Savior. Why don't you stand to your feet? We have been given the ultimate measuring stick. 
Sister Sorrels, we don't have to line up to anything else in this world but this. If you're following somebody that's just touching base on this, that's just kind of hitting the highlights, stop following them. If you're allowing somebody outside from underneath the umbrella of faith and truth, if you're allowing them to pull you and tug at you. See, one of the things that the, the, the Reformation period did is it, it brought that, that belief, if you will, or maybe that philosophy that love trumps everything. That, that it doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter what you got going on in your life. It doesn't matter who you love or how you love or love trumps. God just, God just loves you and he accepts you. Now watch this because some of you kind of, you're scowling at me because you think I'm going to tell you God doesn't love folks. That's true. God loves everybody. He's no respecter of persons. But his love and his acceptance are two totally different things. I love my children. Love them. I'd take a bullet for them. I mean that. I'd, I'd, I'd give them, my, if I had one kidney left, I'd give them the last one. Anybody? You love your spouse? You love your family? You love your mom and dad? You love your children? You love them no matter what, right? But as soon as one of my kids goes out in the driveway and starts beating my Camry with a baseball bat, they are out from under the umbrella of safety. <laughs> Bless his holy name. So there are behaviors that we don't accept, but we don't stop loving. There are actions that, that we don't tolerate, but we don't stop loving. God is the same way. Just like I have set rules and, and, and standards and Measuring sticks for my kids. They know how to behave around the house. They hopefully know how to act in public. If they've been to your home, I hope that you have seen that they have used their manners and they have been, amen, respectable. I've set a standard for my kids, just like God set one for his kids. And he said, this is how I expect you to behave. This is how I expect you to act. I expect you to pray. If you want to be approved, I expect you to study my word and be a workman that needeth not be ashamed. If you're going to be saved, you're going to be saved the Bible way. You're going to have to repent of your sins. You're going to have to be baptized in Jesus' name. And you're going to have to be filled with His Spirit. There's no other, there's no other standard. There's no other measuring stick. You're going to have to have a prayer life. You're going to have to sacrifice. You're going to have to be committed to the church. You're going to have to be faithful to the kingdom. It's all in the measuring stick. And if you are using something else as your ruler then not only is your ruler off, your measurements are off. Amen? I wonder if today, I've brought you the good news. This wasn't a negative message. This is the good news. If you've been wondering what you need to do, I got the instruction book. But if you want to get outside of this, You're going to get outside of God's measuring stick and outside of his standard. Amen? It's that simple. It's that plain.
Why don't we, they're going to begin to sing. I wonder if we could bow our heads. I wonder if we could pray today. I, I don't want to get in a hurry. I'm not getting ready to dismiss you. I just want to be clear and transparent about what I'm doing. I want you to bow your head. I want you to close your eyes. And I want you just to begin to think of some of the things that I have been saying in God's word this morning that you maybe, maybe raised your eyebrows. Maybe you were curious. Maybe even they hurt your feelings a little bit. Maybe it stepped on your toes. There's one already responding to the word of God and the spirit of God. I, I wonder if while your eyes are closed, while your head is bowed, you just begin to let God's word settle on your heart. Would you do that right now? Would you begin to pray? Would you begin to talk to him? Would you be the church right now? Would you allow there to be a, 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 a prayer meeting right now in the house of God? Would you do that right now? Would you begin to lift up your voice? Would you begin to call on his name? Come on, if you're full of the Holy Ghost, if you're full of God's spirit, you should be praying right now. You should be calling on his name.